Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode. This is Arjun. So let's get right into it. I thought that was an interesting conversation that connected two or three of my interactions in, in the sense that it was the same thread or topic that came up with entirely unrelated people that are in my life, be it personal, be it professional. And the connecting tissue was, how many times is it okay to pivot from one line of work or one business to another? And as a part B to that, how do you know if the pivot is strategic in the sense that you mean to do it and you see some value in it? Or is it flailing, you know, in the water and is just some action we're taking because we don't know what else to do? So to answer these, these questions, these very interesting questions, let's take a step back and think about different companies that have existed over time. There's some famous examples out there of companies that morphed over the years as their customers changed, as the environment changed, the environment that they did business in, but also the environment of the world in general, as economics changed, and as needs changed. So for a, a great example is, of course, uh, our, our very own, many people's favorite uh, Apple computer, right? First of all, people used to call it Apple computer, and now they just call it Apple. That's, that tells you something. But everyone's heard the story, right? That Apple computer, the computer that you can have at home, and that was considered a breakthrough. The idea that you could have a computing device, not very high powered, not very multifaceted compared to what we can do today, but it was a, a, a lightier step from those giant m- machines that you needed warehouses or the equivalent of warehouses to house them. And so it was a revolutionary step 20, 30, 40 years ago for a regular person who was not necessarily well off, but comfortable, comfortable enough that you could own a house and a car, that you could also own your own computer and do a variety of interesting tasks for your work or your personal life at home. And so Apple Computer and, of course, all the other companies that we're aware of, none the, not the least of which was Microsoft, capitalized on this new way of doing things. But if you fast forward to today, what is Apple really famous for by the end of it? And a lot of other people have made this point. It's not the, the devices anymore, is it? It's the ecosystem. It is the connectivity of a seamless experience of information that we both receive, store, and transmit, and the ability to do anything anywhere on any of our devices, many of which might be owned by this or produced by the same company, in this example, Apple. And so you'd want, Apple would love it if we had an Apple, let's say, desktop, 
uh, for travel, an Apple laptop or tablet, the iPad, an iPhone, and possibly these days a watch, right? And then, of course, there's the additional devices like the, the, the headphones, the VR devices, and so much more. But the idea being that it was not so much the individual devices that made it worth it to be an Apple customer. It was the way they worked together to give you a composite experience, be it in terms of your entertainment, your videos, your music, movies, your documents, your files, pictures, anything else you can think of that's relevant to, to electronics. But as many people that are in the investment space know, it happened almost overnight, uh, very quietly, that Apple stopped having computers as its flagship revenue winner and until recently anyway, it's two thirds of its income of its income came from iPhone sales. It's gotten so out of whack that you can you can take an iPhone quarterly revenue report, just the one product, right? And it's and its various models. And many people use that in the same breath as one might use a CPI inflation report. How's the economy doing? Or how much, how many iPhones are people buying? Right. It, it, it might sound silly, but a lot of people look at that because they're looking at things like the ability of the consumer to purchase, the ability of the producer to deliver, the supply chain, quality, and, you know, consumer sentiment. So many things are at play when you look at that kind of number. Much the same way as people used to have the uh, Big Mac index. And so what a McDonald's burger cost in the U.S. versus another country gave you a rough idea of how expensive it was to live and eat and work in various different countries. So that's a lot of background and context to come back to the point of pivoting. Why did Apple pivot as much as it has? And today, think about the biggest pivot beyond just the iPhone and beyond just the individual devices. The payment system, the ability to pay for anything without inputting your credit card or clicking a variety of sequences of buttons, and it's just done. Enabled consumer purchasing. That is one of the most phenomenal add-ons, not just of Apple, but of the other competing companies. All put together, it was, it was a strategic pivot that built upon all the things that came before it. So then how do you know that the kind of pivot that you are deploying is worthwhile or not? To be honest, sometimes you don't know. What you can hope for as a past client of mine once found out is that enough connective tissue exists between the demographics of your existing products and services and the demographic of your planned product and services that the two complement each other. Say, for example, supposing I was a fast food uh, restaurant, right? And uh, uh, I'm trying to, you know, improve my revenue numbers and uh, I'm feeling like I'm selling enough food 
but I'm not making enough profit and money. So what do I do? Maybe, maybe what I do is it's not so much that I stop selling food or stop, start selling something other than food, but that I do something like what, what you might do with, uh, um, grocery stores. Like many a time you'll go to a grocery store and you'll see your favorite fast food, uh, companies have product tie-ins, which you can buy off the shelf. Say, for example, some of you might enjoy the chicken at Chick-fil-A. Whether or not you do is, is up to you. But the point is you can buy their special sauce as a, the same way that you would buy ketchup at a grocery store and so on. And so there's ways in which people m- morph and monetize the same things that made them famous that, that, that their original customer likes to get that additional dollar um, and to get more revenue. But what about a true pivot, like a complete change of what somebody used to do and what somebody does now? A great example of that might be um, Netflix. Like, think about the vast difference in in uh, supply chain that is needed for a company that mails out DVDs versus a company that stores thousands, if not millions, who knows how many titles there are out there on, on Netflix or other similar companies for streaming primarily. And so those are, although the end product, the movie or the TV show is still the same, they are vastly different in the, you know, one being a physical product that has to be stored and packaged in transport on trucks or through the mail system versus an electronically delivered piece of information, digital, high definition. And also then data centers need to be built so that the movies can be uh, stored and relayed. And then of course, algorithms have to be built so that better choices can be given to people. There's so much more to it than just mailing DVDs, right? So if you put it all back together, your, your pivot works if you've got the customer down. If you know what the customer wants and your customer from before is close enough, maybe not the same, but close enough to the customer that you plan to have, you might be on to something and it's worth a shot. The more different the two customers from before and after are, the more of a risk you're taking because now you're stepping into a a realm where people don't know you. People have other preferred providers perhaps. Now they might be disgruntled with them and that gives you an opportunity. But still, it's tricky. So to put it all together, when is a pivot strategic and when it is a, when is it a risk? It's strategic when it still relies on some core competency that you have. Maybe it's a new delivery, delivery system that you're pivoting to. Maybe, um, 
there's a slight difference between the customer you have and the customer you want to have. But as opposed to a vastly different customer who never used your product before, or maybe heard of you, but was not interested. But now that you are in the space that they were interested in, all of a sudden you have their attention. So because there was a time, right, that there was no such thing as an iPhone. And there were these diehard BlackBerry customers who uh, would live and die by that particular device. And they would never give it up or change for anything. And lo and behold, here it comes, the iPhone. And, you know, people had complaints the first couple of times, but they believed enough in the connective tissue of the prior customer and the future customer that they went for it nonetheless. And so even, even the people that weren't with them in the beginning, the BlackBerry people, for example, at some point they had no choice because they just couldn't get the same value from their old BlackBerry that they could from the iPhone. That's not to say that the iPhone is necessarily a better product, but it gives certain value that those people were forced to reckon with. And for the rest of it, the numbers speak for themselves. Well, that was a great quick chat, folks. Hope we, hope you enjoyed that conversation. Always a pleasure to hear from you, culturespeak.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like and share on social media. And as always, a wonderful weekend.